Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Today is Thursday, October 28th. Now, I've talked a lot about food on this podcast and on this program, uh, you know, all the time, a lot of the times. And I've, you know, shared my love for Mexican food, uh, Italian food, uh, um, steak, um, a bunch of other things that I just find delicious. But one that gets overlooked, I think, and one that I think that is a staple in... uh, you know, this country or just in this culture, I think is a good old fashioned, you know, delicious, whether it be a single double slap some bacon on it, maybe a little bit of pastrami is a cheeseburger. Now I'm not talking hamburger because I don't even think that those really are a thing. You know, in in most eyes, I just order the cheeseburger and that's it. I I don't even pay attention if there's a hamburger or anything. I just order the cheeseburger anyway. Um, it's because how can you not want cheese on that thing? You know, it's already so good, and the cheese just, it's its elevates the flavor so much. And I'm just thinking, like, how could you anybody get a hamburger? I mean, if I guess if you're lactose or if you really just, like, dislike cheese. But, you know, I, I understand that, but it's like, okay, whatever. I, I've i always been a cheeseburger guy, and I think that unless I find out that cheese is very bad for me or causes cancer or something like that, which, you know, in reality, pretty much everything gives you cancer, so or can cause cancer. So, I mean, we're just living in some kind of, not gonna live in a bubble, right? So, until cheese is proven like super bad, I'm, I'm just gonna continue to eat it. I always eat cheeseburgers, but there's always one ingredient that sometimes can either make or break a burger, in my, or cheeseburger, in my opinion. It's not a, um, it's not the meat, or the bun. Or the lettuce or the sauces on it, really. it's uh, It comes down to one thing. And this is also, if you are a big fan of this ingredient, and that is the pickles. Uh, recently, I had a cheeseburger for lunch uh, at, the, at Foster's, which is a place in, like, I believe, in only in the Central Valley of California. Very good spot. It may, they're, like, very, like, uh, an old-timey feel. It feels like the 1950s in there. The design is usually like uh, you can see like this guy. He's like a made of ice cream. I think he's got like a a cone for a hat or something like that, or his head is like a swirl of ice cream. But they they, they make like a lot of good milkshakes, uh, ice cream, but also burgers and corn dogs and chicken tenders. A lot of like you know traditional like fried food that you would get like at a like an actual fast food establishment. Now they are a chain, but again like only like I said they're only in like the Central Valley of California, I believe. Um, but yeah. And I've been going there since college, back when the back of the day, back in 2012, 2013, 14, and so on. Um, not not the 2020s, but back then in the mid uh, 2010s, I'd go there a lot, and I always like just uh, admired the uh, the preparation and the dedication and the actual quality in those burgers, their meats, their bacon, everything like that. I've always been a big fan of it, and I've always enjoyed it and went there multiple times and always get the same thing, which is a double-decker, which is a double cheeseburger with bacon on it and cheese um, and then a side of fries and a, and a drink. It's always been banging, always been the best thing like on the menu, in my opinion. I never really get anything else, and maybe I should, but I just it's always been my go-to order. Anyways, I got that, and I you know I, I brought it home. It was um, I was excited to eat it. I took a bite and I realized they changed their pickles, and I think that uh, it, it's the pickle really that uh, kind of throws off the flavor of the burger, in my opinion. Because if you don't know this, I, I I do love pickles, I enjoy them a lot, but I like a certain kind of pickle. Like I like like the the Vlasic uh, classic pickle that's like a it's not like white on the inside, it's like a it's like a green. 
and, and I'm not saying it's like a pure white, but it's like a it's like a lighter green closer to white, like those kind of pickles that are like a little like a boat shaped ones. Not a big fan of those. I never I don't know why, but I just I don't enjoy the taste, and I feel like um just a classic pickle or like a pickle chip for a hamburger that you can buy at the store, like a big jar of like just uh cut up pickle slices. They're called pickle chips, but I think that they're you know that's what they call them is pickle chips for hamburgers or hamburger chips. I can't remember, but those are usually like the best in my opinion. They've never really they 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 have that taste that tanginess that I enjoyed. It's not too like. I don't know what it is. I feel like the, these ones just add like a sweetness to them, which I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of. Like I can enjoy sweet onions or I can enjoy like a sweeter sauce, but with the pickle, I kind of want it to be more, you know, tang, not tangy, but a, a nice, I don't know, pickly flavor. Yeah. If, if that's the best I can explain it. I feel like the ones that, that I, I usually get are a little bit too much on the cucumber side than the pickle side. Because I even if you didn't know this, and, and you probably don't, if or I don't know if you're not paying attention, but like a pickle is just a pickled cucumber. That's all it is. We just call them pickles. I don't know why, but that's just how it's always been. Um, maybe it's just because it's like too much more, too much of a of a of a pickle still or a cucumber left in there. Maybe it wasn't pickled enough, or maybe it was a pickled like a uh, to the right you know time. I don't. I'm not sure, but I'm just not a big fan of those those pickles that are like slightly like a lighter green almost like whitish color when you cut into them I mean, obviously they're green on the outside because the cucumbers also green on the outside but uh i don't know and i, I was actually actually disappointed I, I didn't know like if it was like a if one item or one thing on a, a burger could really affect my feel of it but it turns out it can and i was just like i was just like astonished because i was just uh, hold on, I should be loving this. This should be hitting on all all cylinders, all feels, all tastes. This should be a knockout of the park, like it used to be back in college. And I'm not sure why, but it wasn't. And I was just like, hmm. Like, this can be better. I know it can be. But it's just not. And that's not, you know, it's... For me, like, if you don't... If it doesn't need to be fixed, then don't fix it at all. Like, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, I don't know if anybody complained or they just got a new pickle provider or something like that. But in my opinion, man, it was just like, a, oh, my God, what happened? It used to be so much better, so much more flavorful. I mean, it throws everything off. It throws the flavor off of the of the lettuce, of the beef, of the cheese. It just throws the entire flavor off, in my opinion. And I don't know why. I'm not sure what that what causes that. But I feel like that could be, you know, used for anything, really. Like, I remember one time, like... We were making mashed potatoes, and we used, like, these different kind of potatoes because, like, we got them from somebody, and uh, they were a little bit on the sweeter side, and when we got them, when we, you know, made the mashed potatoes, I was like, these these just don't taste right. Like, it's just, you gotta have a certain ingredient to make the dish perfect, and I know that sounds very picky, very immature, but I think the pickiness is something that could, you know, be a thing when you're a child, and it could also um, evolve when you get older. Like, if you think about it, you know, you've been around the block for a while with food. Let's say when you're like 25 or something, 28, approaching 30, and even older. Like, when you get to your 40s and your your mid-30s and maybe even your 50s, right? You know what you like, and you know what you don't like. And when things change, you're like, but why do they need to be changed? And, and, and maybe it's not the best to argue that with like a, a restaurant or a fast food chain, or like any any type of chain, you know, restaurants, whatever. It, 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 
it, maybe that's not the best question to ask because it is the re- you know you're not a part of the restaurant the restaurants try to make money you know either whichever way they did they feel like they have to whether it be cutting costs or whether it be like changing providers or you know i don't know companies i'm not, i'm not sure but whatever it is it's easy for us to complain but you can, you know you can't really do anything about it you know in terms of the restaurant or the fast food chain it just it sucks but that's just how it is but it's like it and when you're older and when you're like oh this doesn't taste the same anymore this doesn't feel right it's just different now i i don't enjoy it i think that you have the <laughs> um you know people say don't complain i think that you have the right to complain right there because it it's it it is kind of like in a way just like stopping something that you enjoyed that you thought was like so perfect before and so you know you know it it didn't need to be changed nothing needed to happen it was just going to be good and all of a sudden you go back and it's like oh this is different it's not as good as it used to be it breaks your heart a bit it really does because it's like damn this used to be my spot this used to be where I would always go it's almost like whenever like a business or a restaurant is like small at first but it's but in, in at the uh, at the end of the day they get bigger right they get a, a surge of customers and they get a lot more people coming in and then once you uh, realize that the food that you used to get from that restaurant or that you know uh, fast food place since because they have so much more business it, it doesn't it doesn't feel as special as it used to be I remember that there was this burger joint in college like right by the campus that was delicious um, it, it was a uh, um, it was phenomenal. Like I've never been there. My friend told me about it. We went there, and they had this burger that was like it was like a double cheeseburger with like amazing fries, and then inside of it, not not just you know you'd think you know put some bacon on that maybe like a little bit of uh, different types of cheese, but this one had pastrami in it, and I was just like this is amazing. This this brings the flavor up so like to another level. Like yeah, I would never have expected to put pastrami on a double cheeseburger, but it was just so delicious. And then. You know, after time went on and, you know, college wound down for me and my friend. We went back there one last time. You know, we, we've been going, you know, frequently before that. But, you know, you go back one more time and it just, it maybe it was just because of the people working. Maybe they got new employees. Maybe it was just because, you know, they started to get really busy lately after that. And it was, you know, it was kind of like a, uh, it's it's almost like they can't put as much love into one burger or one dish anymore they got to like spread it out because so they can make multiple and you can't really get that that attention to detail on one burger anymore because you know they're they're just more popular and that's just what happens you know it's almost like what happens when you like a music group too like or a band or somebody like that you know people will latch on to them like they're their property and it's almost kind of how i was like you know with food places like i used to love that and i used to enjoy that and i used to be like, you know, this is my spot. Nobody can go there. This is like, or this is like, this is what I listen to. You shouldn't listen to it because, you know, when you do, people they get more recognition. They get bigger. They lose their touch. Maybe their authenticity escapes escapes them, and like, they change. Sorry for burping, but I think that it's like it's almost um, uh, it's a double standard. You should be able to complain. Of course, you should. But also, you don't want to see, you know, that that business or that music group or whatever that's changing to be hindered by you. And I think that that's the most important thing 
is that, you know, just because you listen to them and, you know, maybe this person that you knew, knew them from the very beginning, they're like, oh, this is my thing. Well, you shouldn't want them. They, the band wouldn't want you to, you, for you to only listen to them. They want other people to experience them so they can grow and make more money and tour more and make more music and stay together and provide for their families and all that and, and just live better, better lives. So I think that as much as you would love to complain about it and as much as you would want to um, absolutely just, uh, hey, this is mine. <laughs> I, I've discovered it. It's mine. And this is not for you. As much as you want to do that, and I've touched on this on a couple episodes before, but I feel like it's just now when you see like a, um, you see how people react to it and how, you know, it could really damage that the other other people's businesses and other people's ways of life and all that. And it's just like, we don't need any more of that. That happens so much. Companies go down, comp- bands break up, groups demolish, businesses f- flounder, restaurants close up, whatever you want to call it. it. It happens far too often now. And especially after the year that we had, we can't have any more of that. Like, I was actually kind of like, I mean, they are a chain, so they have money. But I was, like, worried, like, back in last year, like, oh, are they going to survive? Like, it, it barely crossed my mind. But when I went there, I'm like, oh, shit, like, what if this place, like, collapsed during the pandemic? Or when COVID was, like, really, really bad, and we had, like, no vaccine, nothing. And we were all locked down, and we couldn't really do shit. Like, what if this place closed down? Um, It would have been terrible. It would have been uh, absolutely stupid. Um. Thankfully, when I was, uh, you know, last week when I was in Burbank uh, uh, to watch the game, uh, I I got this amazing pizza, right? It was, I'm blanking on, like, the rest of the name, but it was, like, Pizza Pazza in Burbank, I think it was called. I got it on DoorDash, and I ordered, like, two pizzas, one pepperoni, one cheese, but they were both uh, New York-style pizza. And my God, this pizza was incredible. Now, if you don't know me, if you don't know um, me all that well, and I think I've advocated this a lot in my podcast, is that I enjoy the shit out of pizza, like, I enjoy, it. like, it's like, to me, it's like the bread and butter of all food, if that makes sense, you can eat it warm, you can eat it the next day, you can eat it cold, you can eat it for, like, you know, depending on where you get it, up to two, three days after you order it, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's just like a, it's so simple, it, it's not so messy, you don't really gotta put a lot of effort into it either, and it tastes amazing, and this cheese pizza, man, this, this cheese pizza that I got, you know, I was, I was, you know, you can see the reviews on, like, Yelp and DoorDash and all that, and I was just like, okay, it's got a 4.6 stars out of 5, that seems pretty damn good, uh, for a place in Burbank where a lot of people eat there and they need a lot of reviews, so it's not like a, it's, it's ratio, it's, it's leveled out quite a bit, but a lot of people seem to like it a lot, and I was just like, you know what, let's try it, I mean, like, I, I've always wanted to travel to New York and to, to just eat pizza the entire time, like, not even go sightseeing, not even go to the, to a landmark, or not even, like, you know, really travel that much, I just want to go to my, you know, go to the hotel, go down the street, order some pizza, go to another street, order more pizza, Another street, another street, another street, and then go back to the hotel and go to sleep, and then go back out again and eat more pizza. That's my dream. That's what I want to do in New York. Like, I mean, sure, I'd maybe I want to see the Statue of Liberty. Maybe I would want to see the Empire State Building. Maybe I would want to go see the Two Tower Memorial. But, you know, by far and large, I'm just going there for pizza. You know, and I hear, like, there's, like, so many places on every block, every corner of the city, but, like, I don't care. I just I want to try other pizzas because I'm so sick and tired 
of this California style pizza that I that I'm eating. And I'm not saying that it's not bad or that's not good. It's, it is good, but I just want more. I want different types. And I'm tired of these chains too. Like I'm tired of eating like, you know, we got the local pizzas around town. Uh, local pizza places we have are, you know, Mianez, which is local to the Central Valley. But, the, but then we get like these Little Caesars, Pizza Hut, um, uh, Round Table Pizza. Like I'm just like, I, I don't I don't want this chain stuff. I want something authentic and maybe one one or two stores, maybe, maybe three. And from what I can tell, Pizza Pazza was just the lonely store in Burbank uh, that was, you know, titled Pizza Pazza. And, dude, let me just tell you this. That crust, man, it was so thin. The pizza itself is so damn thin, you can easily just fold it like you would do it like an actual New York-style slice. Like, it would just fold, and it's crispy, and it's warm, and it's thin, it's crunchy and crispy, and it has such a good flavor. The sauce is great. The cheese is great. The pepperoni one was good, too, but, like, Man, I'm telling you, man, that cheese pizza was delicious. It might, might have been the best pizza that I've ever had. And I thought about sharing a review on social media, but I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it now. I mean, like, I was just too focused on eating that food because prior to that, I was just like, I mean, I had, uh, it didn't have that much to eat that day, I think. I had some Chinese food, which was good. But, you know, that was it. And I was just like, I was so blown away by that. And I was just like, damn, dude, like, this pizza, this is the best pizza that I've ever had. And I know it's from California, and I know it's from Burbank, and it's like, you know, I also want to go to New Haven, where they I've heard that they have really, really good pizza. But, you know, I just, I can't afford that right now, you know? I can't do that right now. I'm My dad wants to go to New York uh, next year, like around March, I think, so, like, I might be going, we, if we do go, I'm just going to eat pizza the entire time. And he was like, we're going to go there for five days and just do shit there. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that. I mean, I'd, I'd make the time for that. I've never been there. I've always wanted to go there too, like just to see the other cities and other cultures because I've never really left California all that much, you know, in, 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 at all really. I mean, I've been to uh, Seattle. I've been to uh, Oregon. I've been to Hawaii. I've been to Las Vegas, but like the, those are like, you know, Oregon and, and, and Washington are pretty, no, 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 Oregon was recent. Washington was way long ago, but Oregon, yeah, I've been, you know, it's nice there. I mean, it looks good. It's very green, which if you're from California is like the polar opposite of what it looks like all year. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, well, no, 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 there's, there's a, you could get a, your gas tank filled without even getting out of your car, which is nice. Uh, I didn't know that that was a thing back in Oregon when I first went there, but I was like, this is pretty cool. I could do, I could deal with this. Like, even though I have no problem at all filling up my own tank, like, I when I need to go get gas, I'm like, okay, and I just fill up my tank. It's like, it's no big deal. But, like, going there and getting your gas tank filled was pretty sick, I got to say. <laughs> Having never had that done before, ever. So that was pretty sick. And I'm not sure if it's like that in Washington, but when I went there, I was, like, very, very young. So I, was, I, I wouldn't even, like, pay attention to that at all. Um, but, yeah. You know what's crazy, though? I, I, I come from a Hispanic descent, right? I'm Mexican and all that, right? So in California, you know, you you have uh, these, you know, these uh, communications with like the hotel people, at least my, you know, the hotel workers are usually Latino or, or Hispanic, usually Mexican, like in California. And my, my dad would always talk to them be like in Spanish and shit and say like, how you doing? Or uh, good day today and like in Spanish, right? We went to a, in Oregon and, uh, you know, hotels there all white people, which was insane, which was a big culture flash because I don't think that there's a lot of, you know, 
Hispanics in Oregon. So like the 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 the, the jobs that are being taken by you know mostly Mexican American people, you know as like as as a hotel workers in uh in California are being done by white people in Oregon, which was so bizarre to me because I feel like that was just like a that was just a Latino job. I really did because pff, I don't know. That's all I've ever known. And I was just like, oh, this is so weird how this white chick or this white guy is working this job. I was just, it was a cultural shock. And, you know, we didn't go to a lot of hotels. We went to a lot of motels and, and you know, actually, but like still tons of white people there, tons of them. And they're all so very nice people. There's nothing to, you know, I'm not saying that they're assholes or anything. They're nice people. Very friendly. Very nice. Uh, Portland was cool. I uh, went to that uh, donut shop, Voodoo Donuts, which is actually kind of a letdown in my opinion. Um, it, it's just, it's not as good as a, as a nice uh, local shop of, you know, where you would get actual donuts. Like, and also not like Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme is actually the grossest thing I've ever had in terms of donuts. Like very, very, very bad. Like not good at all. Like um, maybe after you let it sit for a while, it, it's not as bad. But when you get the donuts out of the oven and like right out of the box, I I mean I think they're just too sweet in my opinion. Um, I enjoy sugary stuff. I enjoy dessert, but if it's like way too sugary, where you're like, oh man, like this is just a big like mouthful of sugar. I'm. It's kind of like, it just doesn't do it for me. I just feel like I'm disgust. I'm, I'm absolutely disgusted. And maybe it's because like I'm not even that big of a sweets guy anyway. Like I I I'm very boring when it comes to sweets. I I don't really. Uh, try to venture into different sweet foods. I know what I like, and I, I'm pretty sure I know what I don't like either. Um, and I've tried a lot of sweet food. I've tried a lot, and I don't like much. I'm very basic when it comes to food, uh, sweets. I like uh, vanilla ice cream. I also like a um, white cake. Not vanilla cake, white cake. I love that shit. And apple pie. I think the craziest, craziest that I get with the uh, desserts is I, I like a... I also like um, cookies and cream ice cream, and I also like uh, Rocky Road ice cream, which is the craziest I think I've ever gotten. I don't really care for chocolate cake. I don't really care for uh, um, other pies, really. Pumpkin, strawberry, whatever. I don't give a shit about them at all. And um, what what else was there? Oh, cookies, chocolate chip or bust. I mean, that is the absolute gold medal cookie out there, the chocolate chip cookie. And what's funny is my mother hates them, hates them. Like, just despises them. And I'm just like, how could you actually hate this type of cookie? Like, it's it's like the state, it's like, it, it's the face of cookie. Like, the snickerdoodle, no. Sugar, no. Macadamia nut, no. Uh, peanut butter, no. It's a chocolate chip cookie. Like, that. that is the the staple, the poster board cookie. Like, how can you not like it? It's chocolate and sugar. I mean, the number one combination. It's delicious. Um, but yeah. That's a bit of me traveling, and you know, recently, you know, going to a place in Burbank to get excellent, excellent pizza, delicious. Well, not going there. Door dashed it because, uh, you know, I wasn't gonna walk there. <clears throat> and my my family went to this. Uh, uh, not my family. My, my brother, and my sister went to uh, this. Uh, um, you know, seafood boil. It's called the boiling crab there, which I I enjoy a lot. But I was just feeling pizza, man. I'm I'm always feeling pizza. It's it might be a curse. But I love it. I love it so much. If, like, there's nothing that I want to make or nothing that I want to pick up that's, you know, I'm just not feeling, I'll just, you know, order a pizza or, or um, 
make a pizza, which I haven't done in a while, by the way. Um, or even, like, I, I love Red Baron pizza. I love it. I, I think that it's, yes, the Red Baron frozen pizza. Pepperoni and cheese. Both actually really good. Um, I know frozen pizza can get a bad rap, and I think that there's some that are, you know, not as good. Like, I've had a DiGiorno, which is um, decent, but it's more of a, a thicker crust, and I'm not a big fan of thick crust at all, really. And I'm, I'm beginning to learn that the more and more I have this thin-style pizza, which is what I got from, you know, in Burbank. I, I don't really care for the thick crust. And in California, that's all you get is thick crust, which is uh, not my favorite. Um, I want to be able to eat a lot of pizza. So I want that crust to be thin as shit. When I ordered the pizza in Burbank, I was like, I can eat this entire box right now. Like, you know, it wouldn't even affect me because it was so thin and so light and so crispy and just full of flavor. I was just like, give me more of this. But I had to fend that off because I was like, I got to save some for my dad and my brother and my sister. I got to save some of this. But it was delicious nonetheless, even though like, I... <laughs> um, I mean, I guess we can segue into this like briefly. Uh, I, I didn't want to do this now. But I, I guess, you know, since, you know, it kind of does kind of tie into this. When I was in Burbank, I was watching the Dodgers, you know, and we, you know, won, lost the first game, won the second game, which was, you know, good. Even though, like, when I, re- you know, released the podcast the day before, uh, on Thursday, it was after we lost uh, the, that first game. 9-2, uh, to two, I believe it was, we lost that game. We bounced back, we won 11-2, to two, went back to Atlanta. We lost, uh, I can't even remember the score, but it was just tragic. I don't really want to remember it either way. Either way, uh, but we lost in six games to the Atlanta Braves, deservedly. I mean, um, I think that um, we were banged up uh, in terms of starting pitching, some hitters, uh, some position players like Max Muncie, but uh, I think it was just the pitching that really just took us out. We tried to do a seven-game series with only three starting pitchers and, you know, bullpen that was, uh, you know, has already been seen a lot of. And, you know, with Atlanta, with their momentum and their, their uh, you know, their rock-solid pitching and ours just not being all that well, and not being that uh, the best that it's been, I think I can safely say that. Um, even though that we had Urias, Bueller, and Scherzer, just didn't really stop the Braves hitters. They're, they were just on fire that series um it's a shame it, it does suck it does suck as a fan because I mean I watched that game on tv when I got back home and I was just like please god let's just we can't lose to these guys we've been the better team this entire season you know they won 88 games we won 106 how the hell could we possibly lose the, this game and I don't you know this might be a little bit of a cheap shot and it might be a little bit of a a complain, but how the hell does a 106 team, uh, 106 win team get does not get the, get the home field advantage over an 88 uh, uh, team? Is it because of the division thing that like they won their, their division and we didn't? But I mean, but I don't, I don't know. I just think that that's um, it's just me complaining. I get that. Um, but it was it was just so stupid, man. I didn't think that it was gonna be um. <laughs> that easy for them to beat us because at the you know you could tell that we were just not going to come back from our de- our deficit i think we were like we might have lost like maybe six to two I, I can't even remember the score but it wasn't very good it was we you know from the not very too far into the end of the game i knew that we weren't going to come back i knew that we didn't have it in us to come back and it was just not going to be um 
it, it just wasn't going to be it. It wasn't going to be our year, which is fine. We don't have to win every year. We don't have to. Oh, we lost four to two. Yeah, but I. We were just down to our last p- players, and we lost Justin Turner. We lost, uh, um, like I said, Max Muncie. We didn't have Kershaw. We didn't have. Um, uh, Trevor Bauer's gone. We had no other pitchers, really. Uh, they saw, like I said, they saw all of our bullpen pitchers, really. So they knew already how to, like, bat them and to face them. So it's like, when you do bullpen games like that, when you start off with your bullpen pitchers and, like, show a little bit of your starting pitchers like Julio and all that and just, like, in the game, sp- sprinkle them in, you're going to get a lot of at-bats against our, you know, bullpen, and they're just going to remember that. They're going to know how to hit off of you. And like like I said, the Braves deserve it. I mean, they they beat us fair and square. There was no collusion. There was no you know riggedness. There was no cheating. Nothing by anybody. You know, maybe the Astros. Who knows? But um, no, they beat us fair and square. They deserve it. I'm actually happy that the Astros uh are uh in it only because of Dusty Baker. I don't give a fuck about that team. You know, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Michael Brantley, Yuli Gurriel, anybody on that team. I don't give a fuck about them. Alex Bregman, fuck them. Fuck all of that team. But I will root for them because of Dusty Baker. I don't want to see... If I could just... You know, I don't want them to win. I really, really don't. But if they do win, I will be cheering for Dusty Baker, and that is it. Not, not, nobody else on that team. I don't give a shit about them. I don't give a fuck about them. And you know what? Maybe it's the best that we did lose in the NLCS. Because as a fan of the Dodgers, as a fan of this team, who just won a World Series, by the way, uh, against the Rays in 2020, I've been put through so many torturous series of so many years of us just not winning at all. And I, and I thought that if we went against the Astros... If the Dodgers went against the Astros in our current state, you know, not hitting all that well, chasing a lot, not having the best pitchers or the best players available, or whereas you can see that they all the uh, the Astros have pretty much everybody, uh, pretty much everybody. I I did not like our chances, I really didn't. Now we could always have the momentum, you know, that we let that momentum, that confidence carry us. Because that all, you know, once you have momentum and confidence, all the statistics, all the stats go away. Predictions go away. When you have that, which is what which is what I, th- I believe that the Braves had. They've been in this in this momentum, this confidence mode since before the postseason, and they they've been carrying that the entire way. And I truly think that they that that's how they're in the position now in the World Series. I really do think that because they just carried it on the way through. They had a couple people um, um, uh, miss it because of. I think one of them had a COVID diagnose or a COVID test compositive, so he had to miss a couple games. He came back though. Um, Charlie Morton just broke his foot on the mound or his leg on the mound, which is bizarre. But that happened. Maybe that's gonna put a dink in their armor. Um, I'm not sure though. But but they've been what you call the momentum team, which which can defy. Which can de- which can beat any statistically be- best team in baseball. If you got that momentum, if you got that hot bat, that hot hand, you're gonna beat anybody. It doesn't even matter at this point. Which could carry them on to winning the World Series. 
which would mean that the Braves would win and then Jock Peterson would get another World Series and then we would, you know, only have one, which would suck. I mean, really, really, really suck. So, I mean, I, it's it's hard for me to um, root for anybody besides Dusty Baker. Uh, so, I'm not sure how this is going to go. I'm really, really not. I don't think it's going to be that that big of a World Series in, in general. It might not be that well in ratings. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't want to seem like that kind of guy. But, <laughs> I mean, you get the Astros against the Braves. I don't know if that's going to, you know, <laughs> engage a lot of the general public where it comes to, or even like the general like sports fan really to watch those games. I could be wrong though. Maybe this, maybe the entire population of Georgia and uh, Texas watch those games and like they want to beat each other. Like maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure. But I just think that, uh, I always root for one matchup every year and every year, you know, in the past like four years, we I've almost had that happen. I always root for the Dodgers and the Yankees. Because I know that's going to be great for baseball. That draw a lot of eyes, and it'd just be really fun to see that mat- matchup again in a in a in a World Series matchup. That'd be so sick. Because it never really happens in the regular season or in the postseason. It just never happens. And like you know that the 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 Yankees and the and the, and the Red Sox are a rivalry. You know that the Giants and the Dodgers are a rivalry. But like Yankees Dodgers back then was pretty big also. And they played each other a lot back in the day. And I know that there's going to be there would be also a lot of Dodgers fans that would also travel to New York or even if they're still in New York back when the Dodgers were in Brooklyn. That'd be a classic classic series. And I think that uh that's what we all want in baseball. We want good matchups. We want to get see a good team that deserves it but also has the history, the tradition, the the name brand, the players face each other. And I think that, that that would be like the best, that still is, in my opinion, like the best matchup possible for a World Series, I think, in my opinion. I Call me sh- a shill. Call me jaded. Call me, you know, bias. That's fine. But I just think I, I would love to see that. And I think a lot of the people in the baseball world would also love to see that as well. I don't see many people saying like, oh, that would suck. No, that nobody would want to watch that. Bullshit. Bullshit. Like I told you, like three weeks ago, two weeks ago, the Dodgers and the Giants for the NLDS was the best thing baseball could hope for. It was. You know, whether you like it or not, it was. It might not have, you know, ended the way that you wanted to if you were rooting for the Giants, but that's just how it goes. Somebody's got to go on. Somebody's got to, and somebody's got to lose. That's just how it ended up. Um... But yeah, that's enough baseball talk. I mean, season's done. Season's over. We need to get our everybody healthy again. You know, one last ride. I think that this might be... This, this is going to be a big year. A big offseason because we got a lot of players like Chris Taylor and Corey Seager in their contract years. This is the last year of their contract. So, like, who knows? Are we going to keep Scherzer? Are we going to keep Trey Turner? Are we going to ship them away? What's going to happen? I'm not sure. I have a feeling that they might uh, trade uh, Seager just because they got Turner. And Turner has not been playing shortstop, which is his natural position. But I don't know. I mean, the Dodgers really love Corey Seager, which I do too. I mean, when he sucks, he annoys me when he's doing bad. I get annoyed very easily with that shit. 
I don't know though. He's been good to us. He's been great for us. He's he's always come in when it really mattered. I mean, this year was just an ex, you know, an exception that is just we never really had it. We never really had our stuff. And that's fine. But um I just want us to improve. As long as we keep improving and not try to uh just uh wade on this team. Like I know we're also kind of old too, like with a uh, Kershaw, pretty old. Uh, Justin Turner's getting older. Um, Mookie Betts is not super young, but he's not super old. He's like in his prime, so that's good. Um, but again, we're also very young. I mean, Cody Bellinger, Gavin Lux, Will Smith, um, Trey Turner, if he stays, uh, Walker Bueller, Julio Urias. We're also very young, but we just got to get... We just need the right uh, approach and the right uh, mindset to enter this uh, the upcoming season, which is, seems like a long time uh, long time from now, but it's going to come back pretty quick. I believe five months is when we're going to start pitching again, or six months is when we're going to start uh, having baseball again, the actual uh, regular season, so that's going to be cool. Um, but yeah, moving on. Moving on. I was not expecting this. But we actually got our first first look at the uh, the Lightyear trailer for the new Disney Pixar movie, uh, which is going to be the origin story of the the toy from Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear. Now I don't know if it's going to be like if if this is like a an actual person in the world of toy of Toy Story and like like he's like a person like who lives actually in that universe where toys are alive. I'm not sure if, about that, but it's like um. It's a movie made by made by Pixar and Disney, so it's going to be have that crisp animation. You know, it's starring uh, Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear. I believe that's his name. I mean, I, I I think that it would be his name. I don't think that Buzz is going to be the toy name, but it could be. I don't know. We I'm not sure yet. Uh, it's not very clear on that. It's just called Lightyear anyway. But um, yeah, it, it looks awesome. I mean, like. I was very hyped about this when it first was first announced, like last summer, uh, during the the D twenty three thing or the what was it called? No, the Disney X, the Disney shareholders meeting. I think it was when they were showing a bunch of stuff that was going to be coming out, and I was like, you just saw like frames of like Buzz Lightyear like in a space suit and like he was like had like an intense face, and I saw that and I was just like, oh my god, this could be really cool. This could be super cool if they do it right, and the trailer just came out. I watched it, and I was, like, super eager about it, and I was like, dude, this could be really cool. Because I got, like, a big, like, The Martian fan with it. Maybe because of the song choice, the David Bowie song, but uh, I just got a really nice, a cool feel about it. Like, it was like a, it were, it's like a space movie, like, you know, like, a, like a mission movie, like you're sending an astronaut into space to go complete a mission, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's, like, gonna be, like, like the Martian, like, he's gonna be lost, maybe it could be, I'm not sure, but it feels like a, it feels like a old school space movie, but just made with a Disney Pixar animation, and you got, you know, Chris Evans, again, voicing Buzz Lightyear, who I think that's Buzz Lightyear, but it's just got a really cool feel with it, man, it feels like a, a cool, story of like the, a cool origin story of how he became Buzz Lightyear or maybe how he you know became a hero or he did something that was so cool um there's a lot of throwbacks to like the the movies themselves like I think that there 
when they're firing up the rocket or the ship for the first time, like they put in like this like crystal thing in like in the ship to like I guess it's like the fuel. Um, but that to me looks like crystallic fusion. If you've if you've been a fan of Buzz Lightyear in the past, you might know what that is. Um, he says it in, in the first movie. He's like, "You guys still use fossil fuels, or have you discovered crystallic fusion?" Like that. That's just like a such a. <laughs> that was such a nice way to acknowledge that. Hey, if you paid attention in Toy Story One back in 1996, you're gonna remember this, or you're gonna appreciate that because that was so cool. That was awesome. Uh, I, I like the look of it. It it does give off like a. a and there's some shots where like he's like on a swampy planet. And it's like you see his ship in like a swamp, and I'm, I almost get like flashbacks of Star Wars, Episode Five when Luke is on Dagobah meeting Yoda. I was I got that immediately when I saw it. I was just like, what What are they gonna go for here? Like, is this really gonna be like a Martian type? Is it gonna be like a Star Wars type? What's it What's it going for here? And and again, it was just a teaser. There's not much on it. There's not much about it yet. But it, I'm I'm excited. You know anything with Buzz Lightyear? I mean, I haven't watched the watched the show back in the day. The movie, the animated movie with that, you know, the Buzz Lightyear Star Command movie. I watched that as well. I was so into it, man. That that Buzz Lightyear was such a cool character when I was a kid, and he still looks like it's going to be really cool. I'm excited. Can't wait. It actually looked a lot better than I thought it would because, like, I could have easily thought that they were going to make it like just like a, and maybe they will, maybe just like a slapsticky kitty comedy. Which they might still do that, but I, from what I can tell with the trailer, it looks like it's more a little bit more serious. Um, there's a scene in the trailer that looks like the, the, there could be emerging like a, out of a door, like an evil door, like a villain type of character. You don't see the character, you don't see anybody come out of that door, but it was purple, I believe. So the only thing that, that's purple in the Buzz Lightyear universe is Zerg. I believe, I believe. Uh, so th- that would give off that you know that an indication that it could be Zerg. So that's gonna be. That's going to be cool, man. It's supposed to come out summer 2022, so I'm going to be there to watch that shit because, I mean, I just, I think that's going to be so sick. Um, Speaking of going to theaters, though, I don't have a movie review for you this week. No movie review today. Um, And it's not because I didn't want to see Dune. I really, really, really want to see Dune. But I had to wait because a friend of ours, me and my brothers, we were going to go see it on Friday or Saturday last week, but uh, he called them uh, like a couple days before so that he couldn't see it this week. And I was just like, fuck, man, I wanted to see it so badly. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, I think we're going to go this weekend. Uh, so I'll have a review, hopefully, by next podcast. Um, but, dude, I, I just I want to see that movie so bad. And it's crazy because I've heard good things about it. I've heard okay things about it. But I just really want to see a big spectacle like Doom in the theaters. Like, I'm seeing like... Oh, man. And I know it's on HBO Max. And I can watch it like literally like after this podcast. I, I, I can. But I don't want to. And usually, with some movies, I will say that I'm going to watch it in theaters. But I'll end up, end up watching them on streaming. You know, just because like I don't care about it or I never get around to it. This one I care a lot about. And I don't even know about Dune at all. I don't even know that much about Dune at all. But I just want to see that movie in theaters because I know, I know for a fact that this can't be a letdown in, big, in, the, in the big screen. I just know that. It can't be. Um, you know, it, and it could 
not be that great of a story or like a good uh, plot or a good, you know, a good first movie. I know that it possibly can't or it cannot be. Like there's there's that possibility. But I don't want to watch it on HBO Max. Even though I got a good, pretty good TV and I got a pretty good sound bar and a good bass and a good treble. It's not it doesn't sound bad. It is it's it's not terrible. But I'm just I'm avoiding that shit until I see that in theaters because I don't want to blow my excitement. I don't want to see it on HBO. I could have watched it on HBO Max to give you a review today, but I was just, nah, I can't. I have to save it. I, I can't I can't let this happen because if it is, is as good as some people say, like it's like a lot of, and it actually made a lot more money than I was expected, which is good. And then the sequel's being green, it's already been greenlit as of today. So it's going to, Doom Part 2 is going to happen. But I just, I can't, I, I'm not going to fight it. I got to see it in theaters for the first time. I, I know, <laughs> I know you guys want to hear a review. You want me to know what it, what it's like. And I know other people want to see it too. Like even before, I, I think like a couple of my friends also want to go see it too, which is, you know, hasn't been a thing, you know, for a while. They actually want to go see like a big movie that isn't like a superhero movie and, you know, go check it out. But um, uh, one of my friends has already seen it on HBO Max he really enjoyed it. He wants to go see it again. So I'm like, it just makes my anticipation and my excitement level so high that I'm, I just can't wait. Hopefully, 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 by next week, I will have a review for you uh, on Dune. And um, that should be happening. And also, again, the news of it getting greenlit for uh, part two is also very good. Because there's always this thing in my head. That has always like lingered, like how 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 Hollywood does movies nowadays. You can't do what Star Wars did back in the day, or even what they just did. Because I remember when they first announced The Force Awakens, they also announced that there would be a trilogy, right? There'd be two more movies after The Force Awakens. So that was like old school filmmaking back in the day. Lord of the Rings, when that came out, they had, Peter Jackson had to fight tooth and nail. To get that to be a trilogy, to get that to get, get him to make the the trilogy that he's always wanted to, or that I know he knew that it would work that way. Nowadays, that is super hard to get you know uh, okayed by a studio. They want to see if the first one can make any money, if it can make the money back, if it can make more than they expected, and then if they do that, then they'll greenlight another movie. But it's not guaranteed anymore because if this movie did do bad, which when it first was reported that it won, it got like forty point one million dollars in the U.S. this past weekend. I thought that that was actually kind of low, but I guess it wasn't. It was it was more than what they thought. I mean, the movie did cost one hundred and sixty five million dollars to make, so I guess like maybe it wasn't as big as I thought it was because I thought that that movie would have easily you know crossed over two hundred million. But I don't think that's counting the budget, uh, the, the the marketing either. I think the marketing marketing is a separate price from that, so that might I don't know. I'm not sure. I have no idea. Um, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I, it's, it's harder to make those movies nowadays because like I said, and when I reviewed uh, the last duel and James Bond, these movies aren't as commercialized as like a Marvel movie would be. I mean, I think the like, if you're talking about today's age in 2021 and you want to pitch a movie and you want to be like, make it as commercial as ever. Right. And you don't want to. I think the Hollywood studio would say, like, what kind of superhero movie you want to make? Like, why would we, why would I, I don't want to make that, but, like, 
and then they'll be like, well, that's what people want to watch nowadays. That's what that, that's what sells. That's what gets people to watch movies in theaters is superhero movies, and I I I do like them. I still do like them if they're good, but it's just it's sad to see that that's how like what is kind of becoming in today's you know film world. Either make a superhero movie or don't make a movie at all. It's just what it seems like. Uh, you can, sure you you can have success with like other movies like a like a John Wick or a Fast and the Furious, but like you need like you need like that to be like have legs. Like that's also had other in- installments of those movies of those franchises, or even like a Star Wars. Like you need like a you need a, a backbone. You need like people to already be invested in that world or those characters for them to even come back. Getting launching a new franchise has got to be insanely tough. Um, I remember they tried it a couple times with uh, uh, Jack Ryan, I believe. John, no, 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 Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise. They wanted to see if, if Tom Cruise was big enough to get people to come watch his movies again. And I don't think that they did. I think it was underperformed performed pretty well or pretty badly. They also tried it with a um, John Wick uh, actually caught fire, which was pretty good. I'm trying to think of another like big action movie that they've tried to uh, uh, get off the ground. They the the Has Fallen uh, franchise, Olympus, London, and then Angel, actually is done pretty well too. Um, Olympus is very good. I did not see London. I heard that it was pretty bad, and Angel was actually better better than I thought it would be. So that's another franchise, I guess you could say that is uh, pretty successful, even though that it's not like you know on the scale of Marvel or DC even, but like you know. We'll see. Uh, I didn't talk about the Batman trailer last week. I forgot about that. Uh, that shit looks amazing. I cannot wait to see that. Uh, I was I enjoyed the first trailer back in last summer. Last summer's a DC fandom, but this one was amazing. Like I loved everything about that. Robert Pattinson, um, Zoe Kravitz, uh, Colin Farrell as Penguin. Uh, Paul Dano as the uh, Riddler. I, I cannot wait to see this movie. It looks amazing. Like I, it looks dark. It looks gritty. It looks very like taxing on the. Uh, it looks like it can be super emotional, very impactful. I just I can't wait to see this because I'm excited to see how Robert Pattinson, how Matt Reeves, who I'm a big fan of in the Apes movies, how he um takes on the Batman universe, the characters, the world, uh, everything about that. I just I can't wait to see that because it's going to be partnered up again with a show called, I think, Gotham City Police Department or GCPD, you know, also including, you know, Matt Reeves. And I think it's going to be like um, following James Gordon instead of like Batman, I think. He might pop up in, in there, here and there, but I'm not sure exactly. But I, I can't wait for that too. That's, that's going to be very, very, very exciting. Uh, they also released the Peacemaker trailer. Which, if you don't know, is a character from the Suicide Squad, uh, played by John Cena's uh, John Cena. I cannot wait to see that either because he was one of my favorite characters in that movie. And and as you know, I loved that movie. I loved it. So and give me more Peacemaker. Give me more of that shit. I can't. I just want to see that. I'll eat that shit up all day. I love that character. John Cena plays him so well. So comedically funny. Just brilliant. He he. He has such a likable personality that he puts into all of his roles and all of his characters that I just want to keep watching him. It's it's crazy. I love it so much. 
All right, I think that's all we have for movies and entertainment. Uh, Alec Baldwin murdered somebody, killed somebody by accident, it's, it seems, by a prop gun, which was so weird because I was in L.A., Los Angeles, when the news broke. Like I was in my hotel room, and I was I had the news on, and then, it, boom, it popped up. Alec Baldwin shoots and kills cinematographer and injures director, I believe. That's still it. I, I didn't really look into it more after that, but somebody did die. I, I believe it was the cinematographer on the movie Rust that he was shooting, but that's fucking insane, man. How the fuck does a prop gun kill somebody? I mean, somebody have had to load it with a live round to kill one person. I don't know if it was intentionally going to be the cinematographer, but whatever. I mean, it's so bizarrely weird and just terrible how that happened. I'm a big fan of Alec Baldwin. I love him in uh, The Cat in the Hat. He's pretty cool in Boss Baby. Uh, Departed, he's awesome. Beetlejuice, great, classic. Uh, I enjoy his Donald Trump impression. I think that's super funny. Um, but that was that caught me off guard so fast. So, oh, man, just wild, wild. And I think that broke on, like, Friday. It was last Friday when that story broke. Maybe Thursday night, I'm not sure. But I believe it was Friday morning when I first saw it. Um, but, that, yeah, tragic. I mean, I can't. I can't wrap my head around how he must be feeling right now. He must be in absolute sorrow, terrified, and shock, and just, I don't even know how you come back from that, man. I mean, I'm not sure if the investigation is, like, completed at this point, but, like, I would assume that stuff's going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot more debates on what's, you know, what's going to be happening on movie sets nowadays when it comes to props and the safety of their employees. I don't know if it's a union thing or whatever, but, like, I'm, I'm not sure. But that uh, that was crazy. And I think everybody was shocked about that, how that happened, because, you know, you can like or dislike Alec Baldwin all you want. Whenever somebody dies like that, it's just, like, it catches your attention like no other. And you're like, how did this happen? And I'm sure he, he, he and the studio want to know, like, how that happened and how we can prevent that. I know that they think that, um, that, uh, that cop show, I think it's called The Rookie, starring Nathan Fillion. I think they pulled out all of their prop guns because of that incident. Like, they just pulled them all, I think. I think that's what I read. Or they, they halted them or something like that. Maybe halted production. But they did something, like, super quick after that incident. Like, oh, no, we're not going to... We don't want to, you know, be a part of that right now. Let's get these things out of here. Like, I'm not even sure how a prop gun even works, to be honest with you. Um... I always thought that they just had, like, caps in them that just made a sound. And you would have to, like, just make the recoil, you know, motion yourself when you act. I didn't know that was, like, a, like that real of a gun. Like, I, again, I'm, I'm astonished because usually if you get, like, a good movie, like, you'll maybe see, like, a, a gun or two, like, actually have, like, recoil. But usually it's, like, the actor who makes, like, the motion of the recoil from a gun that translates to the movie like, that they're actually shooting a gun. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's terrible news. Absolutely terrible. Anyway, so the last thing that we're going to talk about this week is a wrap-up of NFL, uh, the NFL Week 7 wrap-up. Um, Not a very entertaining week, to be honest with you. Kind of duddy games. Monday night was a very good. Thursday night was kind of poor. Sunday night wasn't that good either. I mean, it was <laughs> very rainy, so it was, it was kind of a 
this week was just not that great. If you if you look at it, if you looked at the entire slate and you were watching the games and you were there watching them and then you watch the slate at at the end of the day or at the end of the week, you're gonna be like, this was actually a pretty bad week. Uh, but we're gonna go through the games and just see like what happened and just kind of. You know, and the show there, Broncos lost to the Browns 17-14. to Wasn't really expecting much of this game. I mean, the Broncos kind of have come back to earth after their 3-0 start. They've lost four straight now. Uh, Case Keenum was filling in for Baker Mayfield, who was, you know, he was decent. He was 21 for 33 with 199 yards and one touchdown. But it was a very... Um, <laughs> low scoring game in, in standards for the NFL 14 to 17. So it wasn't a very good game. Uh I I ended up benching Melvin Gordon the 3rd or maybe Melvin Gordon for uh <laughs> um I, I he's on the t- fucking football team. JD McKissick, that's who it is. JD McKissick because he had a good game the, the previous week. This week he did shit. By the way, if you don't want to know about my fantasy team, I'm absolute shit. I'm I'm one in six. I just lost to Michael. I feel like shit. I could have won at the very end. But my god, I am so pissed off at my team right now. I mean, there is no other way to explain it but just pure frustration. Since I have such bad bad players, I can't even trade anybody. I mean, I haven't tried. Because I'm just like not even giving a shit anymore. Because I'm so terrible. But it's like, who would want any of these fucking chumps on my team? Who wants Melvin Gordon? Who wants J.D. McKissick? Who wants Russell Wilson? He's out. Who wants Ty- uh, Tyreek Hill? With the way Patrick Mahomes has been playing, who wants him? <laughs> I, I have I have the worst team ever imagined. Ever. It's, it's terrible. Moving on. Washington football team loses to the Packers 10-24. Taylor... Heineke is not the guy. Aaron Rodgers is still the guy in Green Bay. He's fantastic. Not the highest scoring game that you would think that he would have against this team by far, but they got the job done. The Terry McLaurin had a good game, seven receptions, 122 yards, one touchdown. Michael had him and fucked me up on that, but, you know, a good, decent game for the the Packers. They're 6-1, and one, miraculously. They're going to be playing the... The the, the, the the Cardinals tonight on Thursday Night Football, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see that. That should be an actually a really, really good Thursday night game. I'm surprised that it is on Thursday night. I've got to be honest with you. I think that that's more of a Sunday night game. But, you know, if they want to boost the ratings on Thursday Night Football, they got to have some marquee games on there. And even though that is a football viewing audience, we are trained to think that Thursday Night Football is going to be shit every fucking week. But I understand that. We all understand that. But Fox knows that they got to put out a good product for us to keep watching. And if they're going to have to sacrifice a, a prime Sunday night game and put it to Thursday, when it's going to be going up against baseball, or no, no, it won't be going up against baseball. Uh, that's right, it won't be. Then they have to try. I mean, it's going to be going up against NBA. and Not baseball, though. Not the World Series. So they should score on this one. This should be a good win for Fox and Thursday night football. All right, moving on. The Chiefs lose to the Titans 3-27. to Like I said before, Patrick Mahomes might be broken. He tweeted that. I tweeted that too. He might be actually broken. I don't know what's happening. They, they look so terrible. And he's throwing picks still. He's playing like absolute shit. 
Meanwhile, you got Ryan Tannehill going for 21 to 27, 270 yards and one touchdown, right? And that's it. And just, you know, playing okay, really, keeping the ball, but just look, they went, they scored 27 points in the first, first half, scored nothing in the second half, nothing, and they still beat the Chiefs by 24. The Chiefs only scored three points in the third quarter. I mean, this was a terrible game. Like I said, bad week for football. But this was just an awful game. An awful game. Where Tennessee should be happy that they won, by the way. Like, won in that fashion. Didn't really have to do much. Didn't really have to try that hard. At least in the second half. Um, and just kind of walk all over these these chumps. The, the Kansas City chumps. Um, but, yeah. I don't know what's wrong with the Chiefs. I don't think that we can take them against the Giants because the Giants also won uh, last week. But uh, we can never say never, really. I personally don't think that there's any, uh, at this point in time, there's no say that this team or this player is due for a win. There isn't. I think at this point in time, you are what you are. It's not midseason yet. Not yet. But I think at this point, you are what you are. And you don't really have much of a choice at this time. It's it's clearly not working against some teams. Or with, with for some teams, for many teams, it's just not working. And I mean, the Chiefs are trying to win these games. They're not going in just like trying to lose. They're trying to win and it's still not working. I mean, look at my stupid ass who still has Tyreek Hill on his fantasy team. Why? Because why the fuck would you get rid of that guy? Why would you? Because it's still in my mentality where I say that nobody is ever due at this point because we know what they are already. I still have hope that Patrick Mahomes can give at least Tyreek Hill one touchdown. Just one. Just one. 100 yards, one touchdown. Maybe two. But still lose, though. Still lose. Like, actually lose. And I'm not going to say that they're going to good enough to win any games, but just give me some touchdowns. Please. I'm just begging you. Tannehill played good. Derrick Henry played well. Adrian Brown played amazing. The Titans look, like I said, we are figuring out who all these teams are right now. Titans might be for real, man. They might be real. I know that sounds very strange. That sounds very premature. But again, we're going into week eight this week. Today starts the beginning of week eight. And I just... We're not even halfway there yet. Because we have a 17-game season. So, I don't know. I'm just saying that. I think that teams are becoming who they are. They're already who they are for the rest of the way. Unless you get, you know, impact with major injuries. Or major complications. Whether that be loss of a coach, loss of a player. Who knows? But right now, everybody's pretty much where they're going to be for the rest of the year. They'll finish off in how they're looking right now, I think. Uh, if, like, the Packers are playing great, they'll probably finish great, too. Washington football team's not going to be well. They're 2-5. and five. They're not going to be good. Chiefs are 3-4. and four. I don't think that they can turn it around. The Titans, 5-2. and two, They're looking better. Moving on, we got the Falcons and the Dolphins. The, Do- the Falcons beating the Dolphins 30-28. to 
the Falcons are actually on an uptick and playing well. Um, Matt Ryan went for 25 for 40 with 336 yards and two touchdowns, and Kyle Pitts actually played well again. Seven receptions, 163 yards, no touchdowns. Still very good performance, though. I mean, I got 19 points from him. Thank God. Still lost that game, though. But uh, they're actually playing better. Maybe it's because they're playing bad teams like the Dolphins, which could be a thing, but, you know, would be very possible. I mean, the Dolphins just, even with Tua, I guess, can lose multiple games, even without Tua. Um, I just don't see, like, any of these teams, like, you know, being all that great. The, the, the Falcons might actually have something, though. I think that they tried to do something that they weren't um, that good in, in the beginning of the year. But now that they've discovered that, oh, we have Kyle Pitts, we can actually expand the field. Why don't we, why don't we use Kyle Pitts? And, but, you know, they've had Kyle Pitts for, since the beginning of the season, so I don't know what their mindset was back then. Moving on, the Jets lose to the Patriots, uh, 13 to 54. This does not mean that the Patriots are actually that good, though. Because the Jets are actually dog shit. They're terrible. They're, they're the worst, one of the worst teams in the league. They have no identity. They have a rookie coach. They have a rookie quarterback who might be out for a couple weeks, maybe all year. They have a no-name quarterback in Mike White playing quarterback. Mac, I mean, uh, Robert Salah just doesn't have the control of that team, you can tell. They have no identity, no style of play. I don't even, like, you can't watch those games and be entertained for anybody. Patriots, I mean... You're not that good either, to be fair. I mean, you've allowed Mac Jones to play, uh, throw the ball far- further. I don't think that they're, you know, they can't. There's no way that they're going to beat the Bills, though. I mean, come on, that's just crazy talk. No goddamn way that they're beating the Bills. Um, but I mean, they they might be like the best three and four team in the league. I'll give them that right now. They they, they might like finish the season like ten and seven. Maybe, maybe ten and seven, maybe nine and eight, depending on how they, you know, they finish off these run of games. But I don't know. I, I still don't buy them, even though that they won, they win handsomely over the Jets. The Jets are still very fucking terrible, terrible. Panthers lose to the Giants three to twenty five. This is actually a a big fuck you to all the predictors out there who predicted that the Panthers would win this game. And even have a remote chance. And why you can't, why you should never, ever, ever think that a team at this point in time is going to change. Um, yes, the Panthers lost uh, three in a row. They were favored in this game, though. Because the Giants are absolute dog shit. They're terrible. They were 1-5. Um, They're now 2-5. and five. But I think that if you weren't watching the Panthers from day one... And even after their three-game, you know, streak of winning, and then up until today, their team is not sustainable. Sam Darnold is not going to be consistent because he's Sam Darnold. Even even though Daniel Jones is is complete and utter trash, Sam Darnold is not that much better. And sooner or later, he's going to become Sam Darnold again. Bad habits going to break out. Uh, he's just going not going to be taking care of the ball, throwing interceptions. And really just a mediocre performance. I mean, you can only score three points against the Giants. Now, granted, it was in, and then in the Meadowlands in New Jersey at, at their home stadium. But still, 
it's it's embarrassing. It really, really is. Uh, moving on. The Bengals beat the Ravens 41-17. I don't want to jump on this yet. Are the Bengals good? Yes, they are very good. Does Joe Burrow also turn over the ball a lot? He does. Previous games, he, most games, he turns over the ball a couple times. Um, this game, he played extremely, extremely well. Against a team that should have beat them. I don't think that the Ravens took the Bengals all that seriously, though. Lamar thought that he could get away with it and just be cute with it. and But the Bengals are just so hungry to beat them because they probably caught them on a bad week. I, I mean, I don't think that they're going to be better than the Ravens at the end of the year. Maybe they could. But I just see that the Ravens are just kind of like didn't take them so seriously and just like they, this one got away from them. Like it was almost uncompetitive. I mean, 41 to 17, you got to be kidding me. Um, But it, and that's not to say that, that, that uh, the Bengals don't have amazing, amazing teammates or amazing players. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, just to name a few. They've been playing pretty good all year. And now it's just all kind of come together. And just really like like become an ensemble of who this team really is, and I I think that they they could be actually very good, but I just I, I they're very young too, so it's like I I don't know if I could trust a team full of rookies and second years players and a young coach. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm very I'm on the bubble with them. I know we can see that. Uh, you can tell that a lot of, you know, where teams are now is where they're going to be at the end of the year because we're already so many games in. But to me, there's just a lot of room for margin for error or a lot of uh, a lot of margins for error in this team. I don't know. Because I think that the Ravens just kind of, you know, gave this one away, to be honest with you. It just, I don't know. I, 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 I They just kind of let this one get away from them, in my opinion. The Eagles... Lost to the Raiders, twenty-two to thirty-three. Derek Carr has been playing pretty good since uh, John Gruden was fired. Um, Eagles have no identity still. I'm not sure what they are. Uh, the Raiders, I'm not really sure if they can continue this because this is all a new coaching high. They want to play for their new head coach, interim head coach Rich Bisaccia. I want to be good, but can this withstand the test of time and the good teams that they're going to be facing? They're going to be facing the Chiefs and the Chargers again. And the Bills, I think. Uh, and the, who else are they going to be facing? Who uh, The Denver Broncos again. Is this going to continue? I think they might... They might tie... They might. They will push the Chargers for that division, but I'm not sure if they can sustain it. I know that they've... This game that they played, they actually played a lot better without Darren Waller. But that also could have been John Gruden's hindrance. Maybe he was uh, so freaking heavy on on uh, Darren Waller that they were just like, throw the ball to Darren Waller. Throw the ball to Darren Waller. Oh, wait, we have Hunter Renfro. We have Henry Ruggs. We have uh, Zay Jones. We have all these other players that can make plays, and we're just going to throw to Darren Waller all the time. I don't know. Maybe that's just... It seems like that was the case in a lot of games. Just throw it to Darren Waller all the time. Uh, but that changed. They they spread the ball out more. Kenyon Drake uh, 
had 14 carries, 69 yards, and one touchdown. He's also been playing pretty good. Um, as a running back, uh, Jalen Hurts just still kind of like looks like he's running away from uh, absolute terror on that field. They just can't really protect him on that well, which is bizarre, but also not really all that unexpected. I mean, they never really had the best offensive line to begin with. I mean, look at, look at last year with Carson Wentz just literally like running for his life and not being good at quarterback. It's, it's, this is going to take a lot of rebuilding to happen. They, I think they need to get another offensive lineman there, maybe one or two more in there, just to give him some protection because it's just not working there, man. It, it, they can't protect him. He can't really make any good decisions. He can't doesn't have many options either now that he just lost Zach Ertz. He has Devontae Smith, but he's a rookie as well. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's hard, man. There's no real identity there. It's it's kind of like they're, like, clueless. I'm not sure what's going to happen, how it's going to play out. I certainly think that, like, I know that they're not going to beat, beat uh, competition against the Cowboys. I mean, they shouldn't. I mean, unless the Cowboys absolutely implode, I don't think that's going to happen. But, yeah. The Rams beat the Lions 28-19. to Look, man. <clears throat> I was watching that game, and I could not believe how the Lions approached that game. I mean, the, the onside kicks early, the all the trickery, the actually going for our nutsack and trying to win that game was just like, you could tell that they were desperate for a win. They needed a win badly. And they tried, but they failed. But it was also a, uh, a blessing for us that we woke up and actually tried. Could have been like the Ravens and not tried. But I was talking to my dad. He's like, what's happened to the Rams, man? I was just like, they're not taking the Lions seriously. And the Lions are throwing everything that they have at them to win this one game. Because, again, the Lions are still the only the only team without a win in this in the season. And once that happens, once that continues, you, you start to emerge in the, oh, are we going to be the Lions again with the 0-16 record? Or are we going to be like Hugh Jackson's uh, Browns, who can't win a game in like two years? That creeps up. And granted, they have no talent on that team, the Lions. They don't have very, very many, many talented players on that team in terms of, you know, productivity and skill. They just don't have it. Um, whereas the Rams have a lot of talent and a lot of productivity. Um, so they tried everything that they had, but they, they luckily my Rams woke up and were like, yeah, we can't lose to these guys at home. What the fuck are we doing? They actually started trying and not, you know, doing some boneheaded plays and actually scored the ball, which was good because I was getting very annoyed. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I could easily see that. I could see the Lions not winning a single game uh, this year. I know that they're going to be also be facing the, I think next week they're facing the Bears, I think. I'm not sure. Let me check real quick. Uh, are they going to be facing the Bears this week? Uh, no, they're going to be facing the Eagles. They could win that game. But I think that, uh, I think if they jump on them, like they did with the Rams, they might be able to, because they don't, I, th- I don't think that the Eagles have that much talent to come back and win a game. But I think that if they, um, if they don't jump on them, they might lose it. But, uh, we'll see. They're playing with a lot of heart, though. A lot of heart. They just can't win any games, which, which also sucks for that, uh, that coach and that organization. Uh, it's got to be terrible. Also, I wasn't really a big fan of the the hug that Sean McVay gave Jared Goff. He hugged him like he was his, that that was his quarterback uh, in that game, and then Jared Goff was kind of like didn't really hug him back all that big as Sean McVay did. I thought that was kind of awkward. 
Uh, actually, no, that was really, really awkward. I was kind of uncomfortable with that. Um, you know, but you know, that's just what I think about that. It was just kind of weird for me. Not a, not a good look for Sean McVay, in my opinion. Was kind of, I don't know, he, he just made it weird. Uh, good handshake, maybe a pat on the pad. Tap on the helmet, not like an actual embrace, like, hey man, I love you, miss you. I don't buy that. I just don't buy it. Um, moving on. Texans beat the Texans actually lost to the Cardinals 31 to 5 in a game that in the first half, I mean, I was like, what the fuck is going on? The fuck is going on? And then the Cardinals woke up and scored 31 points, which was, you know, expected. This team looks amazing still. Kyler Murray looks great. Still shit, destroying teams with. 20 completions out of 28 attempts, 261 yards, three touchdowns. Clyde Edwards, uh, no, I mean, sorry. Uh, Zach Gertz had three receptions and 66 yards for one touchdown. Played pretty good in his new team. <coughs> he's been with Philadelphia forever. And seeing this, uh, now he he's playing in a team that's actually contending and that he could probably fit well in. I mean, I got to say, I bagged a lot on Cliff Kingsbury last season. But this year, I can't say any of that because I think he's finally turned the corner and knows his team, knows what he wants to do with his team, is now implementing that to the team, and they're getting results. So good for them. The Texans look like shit as always. Davis Mills, again, not the answer. I believe this week they're going to be getting Terod Taylor back, which I'm rooting for him to get another win and distance himself from other teams. But I'm not going to count on it. I think that it's not just the quarterback, it's the entire team. And the coaching on the Texans, that is also just making them very bad. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of where I stand on that um, the, the, that team. The Bears lost to the Bucks, 38-3. Why did they even play this game? This game was so boring, so bad, so unwatchable. Like I said, this week wasn't the greatest week of football. It was actually kind of, I mean, kind of depressing. A lot of teams lost badly. And you never want to see that as a football fan. Like, you want to see competitive football, people actually playing well, fantasy players doing well, fans being happy. There's a lot of games that just, again, there's like a 27-3, to 25-3, uh, 31-5, to 38-3. to It's a lot of blowout games. There's four blowout games this, this, uh, this weekend, or last weekend. It's pretty bad. Just unwatchable. Tom Brady was God again, 20 for 36, 211 yards, four touchdowns. That's that's really all you need. I mean, the, the, he again, he had 16 incompletions, four touchdowns. I mean, that's that's not even a good day for Tom Brady. And they still win, you know, in, in completion, you know, uh, regards. Um, Chris Godwin is amazing. You know, him and... Mike Evans are very good. They don't even need Antonio Brown or even Rob Gronkowski. They have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. These guys are incredible. This is a super team when it comes to the offense in, in Tampa Bay, or as I like to call it, Tampa Bay for Tom Brady. Um, but, yeah, it was it was weird. I mean, the Bears were bad again. Justin Fields was horrible. Horrible. I mean, like, unwatchable really that that team is so unwatchable now they had a they had some cheeky wins against the raiders and like the um what else did they play i'm not, I'm not sure but they had some cheeky wins 
But it's just now, it's just like, now we have Justin Fields in, no Andy Dalton. It, it Maybe it's because it's because he's a rookie, the team's not very good. Matt Nagy's not a good coach. I mean, I used to think that the Chicago Bears should be a prime organization in the NFL and be and competing and doing well, like the Green Bay Packers. But this year has just been embarrassing, even with their guy in Justin Fields. Not sure where they go from here, but like, I don't know. This might get even worse. <laughs> I can see them going like maybe eight and nine, maybe seven and ten. It's not looking very good. They don't look like they can beat much teams. They don't look like they can beat a lot of teams, man. And it's just getting, it's getting weird. They look like they can maybe also not win another game. I know that they're the defending champs and all that. But it's just not even competitive. It's embarrassing to have that kind of performance against the, the Buccaneers. Moving on, though. The Colts beat the 49ers 30-18 to 18 in the absolute monsoon of a game. I mean, it was raining constantly in uh, Levi's Stadium. Absolutely a downpour the entire fucking game. Uh, nobody can throw the damn ball, really. The air... The air threat was pretty much neutralized. You just got a bunch of run plays and drop passes and and bad uh, a lot of penalties too, like a lot of a lot of flags being thrown. It was very it was it was a bad game, even though it was it wasn't like a low scoring game, but it was just like for a while it was pretty tight and like maybe a one or two one possession game, but then the Colts just kind of blew it open at the very end, and it was pretty much curtains for the 49ers. I was just like, okay, whatever, get me out of here. Get me out of here. I don't want to watch this anymore. I was just so bored and just annoyed. I was just like, get me out of here. This, this, I'm annoyed. Um, I still don't think that the Colts are for real. Sure, they had a couple wins. They beat the 49ers. I get that. But I, I don't know if I could I fully buy them yet to be like a division leader in their division. I mean, they do have the Colts, the Texans, the Jaguars, and I believe the Titans in their division. They're not going to catch the Titans for sure. I know that for sure. I mean, like the, the Titans are just a better team. But maybe they might finish second. Maybe they get the wild card game. Maybe they'll, you know, surprise some people. But uh, you know what? They will, I think. I think that the Texans and the Jaguars are just dog shit <laughs> compared to the Colts. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I think it's going to get... I think it might be better for them. They might get better. Carson Wentz, again, broke or sprained two of his ankles and did not miss a game. So his durability is there. His will to play for the team is there. And uh, Frank Reich's trust in him is also there. So they could surprise people. They might not do as best as you think that they will. But they'll definitely give you some competitive games. And especially in this one, which they had no business in winning because of how they played in the first the first half. Um... They might actually surprise people and play better than they than you thought. Um, again, <laughs> I know it was like a monsoon game, but uh, and it was very you know for most part stop and go penalties and all that and just like you know bad football being played. I mean, run game was decent, but the throwing game again was absolutely trash. I mean, like I can get you the box score real quick of Carson Wentz's completions because it was it was terrible. Carson Wentz went 17 for, no, no, he went 17 for 26, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. His average throw or pass was 5.8 yards. That's terrible. 
<laughs> and I know that he's not like a, in my opinion, he's not an elite quarterback. He's not like a, a gunslinger, you know. <clears throat> I still think that he's kind of broken in the terms of uh, last season when he was in Philadelphia and just like it imploded on him. I mean, he made a really, really stupid interception this game. He just like shoveled past it to the guy. Uh, I don't know where his head was on that play, but it was it, it did not look good right there. I was like, what the fuck is that? He was just running, trying to get the, you know, the first down, trying to get, you know, but he didn't go past the line of scrimmage, and he just literally just shoveled it, like, tossed it to him, and I was just like, what the fuck was that? I have never seen that in the NFL, like, that clear of an interception, and he, the, the defender wasn't even that far away from him. It wasn't like an it wasn't like an actual throw. It was like a it was like a little half throw. It was a it was a wimpy throw, and he threw it right to him. It was very bizarre. I still don't think he's all there. Like, <laughs> recover from that absolute disaster in Philadelphia last year, um, which is you know expected. I mean, that was pretty bad in terms of <laughs> of um, playing at Philadelphia. I don't know, but um, yeah. What's weird is that the San Francisco for- San Francisco San Francisco Forty ers are zero and three at home which is odd. I mean, that place should be like a fortress, Levi Stadium, where they should never lose, but they, they're they 0-3. It's not looking too good for them. I don't know if they go to Trey Lance now, because Jimmy G didn't play terrible, but I don't know if, I don't know if Trey Lance is, is he even good? I know that he was drafted, they traded up to get him, but is he even good? Wait, maybe that, maybe they didn't trade up, maybe it was, that was uh, the Bears. But I don't even know if he's even that good, though. Like, remember he missed... He opted out of 2020 because of COVID. So he hasn't really played even that much football. So I don't even know if Trey Lance is even that much of a better choice than Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. I'm not sure. Last game of the week. last The Monday night game with the Manning cast was back. Thank you, God. And I have to say, they had some pretty good guests. They had, uh, first of all, the game... Let me get the scores out first. Saints beat the Seahawks 13-10. to uh, the, the Seahawks are also 0-3 at home, uh, which is also crazy because I feel like that place is also super hard to win in. <clears throat> Saints get the win. Jameis Winston went 19-35, for 35, 222 yards, one touchdown. It was also raining on that game, so it was not the best in terms of you know throwing the ball, except for Geno Smith's, Smith's bomb, which was like 84 yards, I think, which was pretty cool, but other than that, it was pretty much trash. Um, but yeah, it was a good game. I mean, not a good game. It was pretty <laughs> boring as well. Again, 13 to 10, not a very good entertaining game, which kind of, you know, caps off a not so good week in the NFL. Um, again, it, <laughs> it's not like I don't enjoy watching bad football, but I, I prefer to watch good football. Any football for me is good except college, but um, yeah, this this was not a very memorable uh, weekend of football. It's just not a very good week. Hopefully this week can turn it up and get better. Anyways, back to the Manning cast. They were back. I swear to God, did their mom dress them up? They were wearing the same exact sweater. It, it gave me flashbacks of when my mother would buy me and my brother the same exact clothes as we were when we were growing up. I was like, oh, this is bringing, giving me PTSD bad right now. Like, this is this is not good. Why is this happening? Um, they had solid guests. They had Marshawn Lynch. They had Tom Brady. They had Sue Bird, 
Drew Brees, I actually thought was actually a little bit more awkward than most people thought. Um, Tom Brady, Marshall Lynch, and Sue Bird were pretty good. They all kind of poked fun at Peyton Manning. That was fun. I think that Drew Brees was just kind of like, he seemed bored up there. Tom Brady seemed pretty happy to be there, but Drew seemed kind of bored. I was kind of like, yo, bro, what the fuck? Like, uh, you know you're on TV right now. Kind of like be a little bit more pep in your step. Like, what is this? <laughs> he showed his kids to, you know, the crowd was like, okay, whatever. So he's like, hey, say hi to the kids. But it was awkward because, like, the Mannings were, like, mid-sentence when he was trying to say, hey, say hey, hello to my sons here. And they were just, like, mid-talking, trying to uh, um, commentate on the game and, you know, do their job. But Drew's like, hey, kids, hey, come say hello to your friends or my friends. It's like, okay, whatever. It was kind of awkward. <laughs> to be honest with you, but, um, yeah, so, um, uh, that was the, the, the NFL week wrap-up, um, it was fun, not the best, but again, football is football, we can only hope for a better week, you know, we can only hope for it to turn around and be better, and turn around and, uh, um, have a classic game, again, I have high hopes for this Thursday night game between Arizona and and Green Bay, this should be an amazing game. It really should be amazing. But, you know, it being on Thursday night does kind of draw a little bit of a hex on it because it just because it is on Thursday night, it could be bad. I'm not saying it's gonna that's gonna happen or if it's true, but it's definitely a possibility. Um Oh yeah, so that's it. That's it for this week. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for watching. Again, you guys can find this podcast on Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, and uh, YouTube. Remember, it's at it's going to be at the name Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. That's it. So I got to type in, should pop up, and you can like the video, share the video, leave a comment on YouTube. And if you're on the podcast, you can rate, review it. Uh, write a review, give it a star rating, do all that shit, show your friends, show your family, link it up. I post these on Instagram, uh, on the stories and Twitter, tweet, I tweet them out. Um, the day they come out, check them out, uh, get the ball, let's get the ball rolling, spread the word, let's have some fun. Uh, yeah. And, uh, thank you again, thank you, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and I will see you guys back next week. <laughs>